I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute. And if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan. I'm your host. And on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Guys, it is episode 60. Who would have thought we would have made it here? And this last week was pretty heavy. That's why y'all are getting a a late episode this week. Actually, that's not why. It's because I'm a lazy asshole. But it was heavy with the passing of RBG and the Breonna Taylor indictment. Uh, obviously both disappointing things. But to keep things light, fluffy, and fun like how we like it here, I have a special guest today. Hey. Do you know who it is? It's producer Kinsey in the house. I'm finally on mic, so you don't have to hear me whisper in the back anymore. And just going to make my editing job easier, because every time I'm like, damn it, Kinsey! (laughs) I'm sorry, I have opinions on things. (laughs) <laughs> All right. I know I like to interrupt you. Like I just did now. <laughs> so bear with us, guys. This is just a little, you know, just a little fun episode to shake things up so you don't have to hear my voice for a whole episode this week. All right. So let's first talk about Unpregnant, which we watched this week. Um, I think, you know, we talked about it before it came out and I was saying I was really excited for it because it was kind of this abortion buddy comedy, road trip comedy. And it held true to that and I I liked that it had this really realistic abortion scene and I don't mean that in a graphic way but it shows a medical professional walking Veronica who's one of the main characters through the abortion process I don't believe this is a spoiler like the whole plot of the movie is her trying to get an abortion but I I appreciated that part of it I really liked the movie as a whole I think Haley Lou Richardson and Barbie Ferreira are the two main characters and I think they were really good together and yeah, I really appreciated that scene at the clinic because I feel like it took some mystery away from like what happens at an abortion clinic. Yeah. And I think it was very, it was nice because like, it, yeah, it was a step-by-step thing. And I think it, and it was good because I liked that Haley Lou Richardson is Veronica and like she... I like that she's kind of steadfast in her belief that like, she's like, no, I need an abortion right now. This is not the time in my life for me to have a kid. And like, there wasn't a lot of wishy-washy, like there wasn't a lot of, um, I feel like coercion on, uh, other people's behalf to like try and get her to change her mind. Like, I feel like she was kind of like, yes, I'm doing this. This is what's right for me. Well, there were people who tried to change her mind. There are people, but I like that she's kind of one. She was good in like being, I think, you know, steadfast and that she's like, no, this is my life and this is my choice. And like, you're not going to take that from me because you are not the one experiencing it. And I was telling Bailey, I was like, I think it's kind of upsetting. Like, I don't know, having to paint this, this picture of like, you know, a girl having to go get an abortion and like having to drive so far to go get it because of how she feels like safety wise and, and, um, what is it like consent wise? And, but I think it was really good. All yeah. In all. And I love Barbie Ferreira. She's a queen. She plays cat on euphoria. I just love her. I think she's a great actress and her character's name is Bailey. So obviously I appreciated that, that we get this like cool, badass. 
Is it? She's a lesbian. Is that like a spoiler? I don't lesbian. think so. I think it's kind of obvious she's lesbian. They have yeah, a lovely cameo from Betty, Betty who, who. <laughs> who is this indie pop star that we've loved for a really long time. And it was so funny because she comes out. And I, I look at Betty, I'm like, is that Betty who? And she's like, no. I'm like, it can't be Betty. And I was like, <laughs> I think it is. And sure enough, it was. And we're like, damn. So maybe Betty who is exploring an acting career, which I would be into. Mm-hmm. Um, to completely pivot to another topic, you know, we've discussed the Bon Appetit stuff in depth on here. They got their new editor in chief, Don Davis. She also seems like a badass. She's a black woman. I think that's very exciting. Um, but Alex Delaney is back on Insta and pretty much full force, like nothing happened. And, you know, nothing against Alex Delaney. Like, obviously, I'm a fa- I am was a fan. I think what he did in the past was disgusting, as we talked about on here. I think everyone should get, you know, second chances. But <laughs> it always is a little jarring when people just go back to, like, their normal posting, like nothing happened. Uh, it was like... Okay, I did a, you know, 10 slide apology and that I justified my money. Um, so what more do you want from yeah, me? Yeah, I mansplained how much I make and then back to the food content. And I know that I did some terrible things in the past because I am a privileged white man. And I'm going to act like a privileged white man from here on out. Exactly. I mean, look, though, he seems nice enough. He just seems kind of... He's still got a while to go. He's still he's, he's a still, white man. He's a straight white guy, <laughs> an American straight white guy in his twenties, like who's never had who's never really been formally reprimanded. It seems like on his behavior, because for the most part, I'm like, oh, you seem like a nice person and you're educated, um, and you seem like you have a liberal background, so you're probably woke, right? You didn't say all those bad things. And then it's like, even when he does, it's like, yeah, but he was young. We should, we should give him a second chance, right? Right? <laughs> Shouldn't we? So, yeah, I just wanted to comment on that. And I'm sorry, I, I feel like things have been heavy so far. We've talked abortion. We've talked the Bon Appetit drama. So now let's get into some light, fluffy fare. Uh, Gigi and Zayn had their baby girl, which I'm sure will be a model. I think everyone is sure of that. But what I wanted to talk about was the fact that Gigi shared a picture of the baby. It's not her face, but you see her wearing this little Versace shirt and she has a little pink blanket. And, uh, you know, it says like, thank you, Auntie Donatella and Taylor Swift. But why this is notable to me is because Taylor also gave a pink satin blanket embroidered that she embroidered herself to Katy Perry. So I'm like, if I were Gigi Hadid, I'd be pissed that I am getting the same present as former arch nemesis Katy Perry. I thought Gigi was her bestie. Like I would have thought she would have given her at least a different blankie, the same color satin. It's like she had the same scraps and gave her the same blanket. Do you have thoughts on this? I'm merely wondering how, how, how does the embroidery look? Is this good? Or it's, is it's it? It's pretty cute. You have to Google it. Yeah. After. Okay. I'll Google it. Cause at first I was like, you could oh. do better. <laughs> I, there's something funny, though. Like I think it is touching when people give homemade things because obviously I do that a lot, but also I don't have the money that Taylor Swift has. But don't you um, feel like when it's a celebrity who has that much money, it's almost like too easy to just give a big expensive gift? Yeah, I get it, but like I wouldn't fucking care. <laughs> okay, how about you get me a, a hand embroidered by fucking donatella herself uh you know a um 
a blanket. Like, I don't want you. I want someone else embroidering it for me. Yeah. And also, like, I would Katie, like to interject to say that I, Taylor, if you're listening to this, I will gladly take a hand embroidered blanket. We are normies. <laughs> Of I'm course just saying, we would. Gigi was already getting a present from Donatella herself. She, I mean, I. Yeah. Okay. I get it. I, I like the, tu- I think it is sweet. I think there is a touching aspect to it. And like, I know that like Taylor loves to delve into that, you know, like I'm just a normal girl who has arts and crafts time too. And I get it. But yeah, I, why would you, why would you give the same babies are different. Yeah. Babies are humans. And I get that they they won't know, but you better believe that some petty-ass parents would know. Well, I also have to point out that if Gigi's blankie has embroidery on it, that was not shown in the Insta story. So all we know is it's just a pink satin scrap. And this is me assuming that it's the same satin scrap, but it looks... I, the color looks suspiciously similar. I want two yards of this satin scrap, please. <laughs> a baby is small. They only need one yard each. Oh, it's very small. When I saw the picture of Katie's, I thought it was a pillowcase. <laughs> it was like, oh, that yeah, looks exactly like, like my black blanket. silk pillowcase. Yeah, that's funny. I don't like it when baby blankets are like so small that only you can use them as a baby. Like, I, I get that that it's it's like, oh, it's so cute. It's your baby blanket. But like... I want a full size yeah, blanket. Yeah, because I want to enjoy grow out of my. That. Yeah, like that was the our our grandma always made us baby blankets. Like she crocheted all of us blankets, and um, some of us had small. I think I have a smaller blanket, but like I know you have like a, a like a full size blanket, and then like Sheridan and and Trey, our our younger siblings, I think have full size blankets. Okay, to be fair though, I have a full size blanket because I was a full grown adult. When yes, she but like how awkward would that be like. <laughs> 20 year old me here you go here's here's your little (laughs) baby size blanket (laughs) i once tried to like i would hate when we when we had to stay home and like we needed extra blankets and like people were staying over and sometimes i would literally have to like use our extra baby blankets because you're getting too insular here (laughs) sorry (laughs) to hear about oh poor (laughs) bailey's gonna have to edit this out (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know they look too suspicious. Mm, that seems weird. Yeah, we can investigate further afterwards, but that's my thoughts on that. I she did a song weird. with Zane. Like, I mean, come on. Oh, true. I wasn't even thinking about the Zane connection. I was just thinking of the Gigi one. Yeah, she's. I mean, oh. I think she did a song with Zane because of Gigi. But like, also, we she knew Zane when she was with Harry. Yeah. If anything, she probably goes back further with Zane. Yeah, true, fair, and you know the other thing. Oh wait, I totally just blinked out. Okay, if I think about it, we'll come back to it. Is she like, I didn't want to go to the store or oh, anything wait, because of wait, coronavirus, wait. so I only bought one satin thing, and I, yes, I used it to make two baby blankets, but it's because I'm trying to be careful. Okay, that was probably part of it, but what I wanted to say is that she has that line in in folklore about now I buy presents. Oh, yeah, for, cold was the stone of my axe to grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now wait, how I does it their, go? You know It's like, cold one. was the stone of my axe to grind to the boy, for the boys that broke my heart, now I send their babies presents. Wow, that memory, guys. Can you believe? <laughs> but I just, I thought that was a fun, you know, kind of reference to that. Do you think she sent a baby gift to Joe and oh, Sophie? Oh, she did. She did? She did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, I think that's originally where I think that line. That was where I thought the line came from, yeah. too. I was like, oh, even though I, I was over here stupid, like, I didn't know Joe and Sophie were pregnant. I was like, alone. I'm doing a horrible job on this podcast if you don't know that. Because some things I'm just like, oh, everyone knows that. So I don't even bother talking about it. On but here. you have to realize I rely I rely on Bailey to give me the pop culture Low updates. <laughs> All right, so let's talk now about something a little more depressing, but, um, you know, still fun, I guess. Back to the sad stuff. (laughs) Fun for me to discuss. Let's put it that way. So Demi and Max, I don't know how to say his last name. Eric? It's like Eric. I'm going to say Eric. It could be Eric. I don't know. But they called off their engagement, and there's been some rumblings in the upcoming weeks or the past weeks that he is kind of just this fame-hungry dude. He's not in it for the right reasons to take some bachelor language. But really, what kind of spurred this whole unraveling of their relationship, I feel like, were these tweets that were uncovered about Selena Gomez, which I think is so fascinating because these tweets are pretty, like, whatever I mean who hasn't tweeted about wanting to marry a celebrity and it says I'm going to marry at Selena Gomez and then it's like dear Selena Gomez and there's like you know videos to her and then someone tweeted when I win this fight will Selena marry me probably not but gives me more motivation and Max tweeted you have to fight me first so there's this whole series of this there's like videos of him declaring his you know love for Selena he says, I think she's an extremely, extremely, extremely talented girl. Ooh, three extremelys. And I've actually had a major crush on her since 2010. And I, my teenage self, like said in an interview as well. So it's kind of been this ongoing thing. So he just goes on and on. Oh, he says she loves Jesus. She just, she loves God. She's just like, she's an angel and I love her. So this is also kind of creepy because I'm like, has he even met Selena? Is this just his like image of her in his mind? Yeah. And, you know, some people said the fans were brushing it off as a childhood crush, but many are disturbed by the fact that Selena isn't the first female celeb that Max has gushed over publicly. So he's done this with other people like Madison Beer. I don't know. The list goes on. But, you know, Demi was really mad when these tweets resurfaced and she said they were fake and, you know, went on about it. And I just think it's interesting timing because shortly after this whole Selena gate happened, they call off their engagement. Yeah. So I'm like, is this a Corona breakup or is this a Selena gate? What do you think? I don't know. What? Okay. So what, is Max a model? What is he? Is he I think a he's wannabe, like a wannabe actor? actor, but does do some modeling. And so in his team, is he, is he their age too? Or is he like a little younger? I think he's their age. Okay. Um, well, because I was wondering, I was like, okay, if this kid was like, there's a difference between like being a total normie who in your last two years, like the last like years of him, what I mean, the last years of like the, the years that he's been dating Demi is like when he started to be on the up and up, like there's a difference. But like if he's always tried to be in the public eye and he's saying this, yeah, I get it. But like they are maybe about the same age, like Demi is uh, 28 and he is 29. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't know if he was like younger and he was like, I just love, I love Selena. He's a little bit older. Um, maybe it is. Cause like, 
are are Demi and Selena still on good terms or is no, I think that's the other issue of this. I feel like Demi and Selena have had sort of a tumultuous relationship. Yeah, and I get that. And I feel like it's hard also like knowing that like Demi and Selena were like the original, I feel like D like DCOM uh like best friends. Like they were they grew up together, they were so close and I wonder if it's like feeling like some sort of betrayal. But at the same time I wanna be like Demi, like you gotta look at Selena, like who wouldn't have a crush on us? I, I, I have, have a crush, crush on Selena. Selena. <laughs> <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. Like, and I, yeah, I don't know. And I mean, yeah, I, I guess. definitely do think that there are, you can, it's very easy to plant seeds of doubt, especially when you see things like that. Yeah. And, and you, insecurity over insecurity. That. Yeah. And just, I, yeah, I feel like being a ban- like abandonment in a certain way, like, I know that she, there was always those rumors of like, even though like she and Selena were like still friends when like Demi finally started to get famous, but like Selena being friends with Taylor and like Demi seeming, Demi would ask, uh, say like, like kind of shady comments about that when someone was like, how Selena once, she's like, why don't you ask Taylor? Yeah. That's the most famous dig. I yeah. Feel like. And I was like, Ooh. it all comes back to Taylor. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like I don't I don't know. And so I guess Demi and Max didn't get a little silk blankie for their engagement from Taylor. I wonder if Demi is like I always have liked Demi. Like yeah. I feel like I've always like rooted for her. And I, I know that she's had have. a very tumultuous personal life. And I don't know, I'm like, is it hard to be like for Selena, is it hard to be friends that and then I know Selena has like her struggles. Her struggles as well. Like Selena's no walk in the park either. Yeah. But my yeah. favorite Demi memory is when we went to the Plant City Strawberry Festival and we're like front row for Demi Plant in her prime like City Strawberry Heartbreaker. Give your heart a break. <laughs> oh, that that album. So that good. was her comeback album. That was like post rehab of like yeah. her eating disorder. And it really was great. Wait, it wasn't just her, it wasn't just an eating disorder. I mean her rehab was for No, I know, but like I know like her first one I feel like was for her eating disorder more than anything. Because mm. this was like th- that was like just post Disney no, Channel also days. Like when she punched the lady on the plane. Oh, okay. I mean, well, <laughs> I, I forgot the about that. are a little deeper than just uh, uh, not downplaying an eating disorder, but I think you what, know, when you're starving and someone is on the plane, you're fucking angry. It <laughs> gives you some tude. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I wanted to throw punches as well. Like, give me the fucking cracker, Susan. Where is my biscoff? <laughs> Seriously. Like, I wanted a Diet Coke. Diet <laughs> well, I Pepsi. think it was her assistant she punched, though. Oh. Yeah. Well, don't you look at me sometimes? You're like, I swear to God, Mackenzie. Oh, like on the reg. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I, we all have rooted for Demi, I think. And that's why, not to bring like her mental health into this, but I think because she's been so open about her mental health and her sobriety and her addiction, because um, that is part of the reason she went to rehab was she, she yeah. was struggling with drug and alcohol addiction I feel safe saying that I do worry about her mental health in the aftermath of this just as I would anyone who goes through a very public breakup and dealing with you know what a crazy year this has been like I just were I just wish her the best I think this Max guy totally seems like a little fame whore and who the fuck knew who he was before he dated Demi no I didn't know who he was and I feel like I I was just like who's this hot rando who's with Demi I thought he was hot but I was like I, I feel like I know a lot of um who's if you will shout out to who weekly and i never heard of this dude so 
I don't know. Is he like, oh, yeah, you once saw me as an extra in this really bad, like, teen Nick show. Oh, of course. I'm sure that's what his IMDb is like. It's like <laughs> random hot boy number five. It's like that kid that we saw in the Mac Miller concert line. He's oh, like, yeah. I'm an actor. <laughs> and then actually, he's like a, a minor role. He in was in that blood. Uh, he was in 13 Reasons Why. Oh, my God. Yes. This kid we met in the line at a Mac Miller concert. And met is a strong word. He was really annoying and loud. But and he, he told us talking. his whole life story. No, basically. he didn't tell us. He told a girl. No, he told us because remember I was asking him what show he was in. And he was in oh, that I one about witches on Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. I guess you're right. I was trying to ignore this kid. And then he, he ended up being the kid who dies in the car accident in 13 Reasons Why. I think his name was Jeff. And then he was also in that. It was called like Blood something it was set in like the keys bloodline bloodline he was a he was like a main character in bloodline oh i didn't know that yeah so you know we met him in his, yeah. his early days. the kids i remember it was like a whole group of kids and they were so annoying and they were like from i think claremont and they were like going on about claremont and i was like who the fuck cares or even knows about claremont they were like, also like 13 and just like talking about their weed and alcohol use and i was like lord save us all (laughs) oh the youth speaking of the youth let's get to our first cut article of the day um actually the Gigi and zane having a baby was a cut article but we just gave our own input on that and then our first official cut article is the riverdale cast can still french don't worry by madeline aguilar and i was telling kinsey about this that kj appa he posted an instagram and it was him and um Cami Mendez gurgling mouthwash and apparently they think that's going to kill the corona germs before they have their makeout scenes which I'm skeptical about as was the article that doesn't seem like there is a lot of medical backing to that idea but I will say when I went to the dentist during corona they make you swish uh, gurgle with a peroxide mixture right before so i bet that's what they were gargling because that's supposed to help protect like the dental hygienist and stuff who's yeah doing your treatment it tasted disgusting it kind of like dries out your mouth like a little well it was so, and, and you do it for two 30 second sessions and it's like the longest 30 seconds of my life i was like like worse than Listerine am I done yet and it's like so much liquid in your mouth you know and you're just like waiting for them to yeah. tell you you can spit it out Ugh, disgusting so I don't know maybe it's effective I would think they're probably also getting regular COVID tests yeah I would guess so too um and they're in Canada so I feel like Canada has done a much better job and they've uh it's not as rampant there and I think they have you know different restrictions in place for- amazing what an effective government will do oh God, we're trying not to make this political and and I shady. don't care <laughs> Bailey may be nice like that. I have no qualms with with saying things like that. The funniest part about this article, I was telling to Bailey, I was like, wait, they're still making Riverdale? Like, I don't know a single person who watches Riverdale anymore. It really kind of jumped the shark, I feel like. Oh, my God. The end of, was it season two or is it season three? I guess it was like the second half of season two. Yeah. When they're like, when like fucking Cheryl's mom's like, I want a brothel. And then that's when you find out that Hiram is like making the for profit prison. And then, yeah, I remember the last thing I remember seeing is Artie, Artie, Archie getting arrested. Yeah, it was all downhill. Actually, it was all downhill for me once they started doing the musical episodes. Oh, my God. That was the worst. <laughs> and then I loved the shameless like love Simon plug. 
Oh, that was just the whole ad. The whole commercial was an ad. That's when like Cheryl comes out, which honestly, like, good for Cheryl. Cheryl's my favorite character. She was the only non-annoying one. Really, like season one was the best of Riverdale. Like I legitimately, even though it was still like CW drama, I was like, good. Riverdale was good. Season two, I'm like, get. Once they killed the, um, once they. Like really, once they like got rid of the the killer, that's when it went downhill. Because I'm like, oh, I don't know, I just didn't like it. And all of them are like self righteous. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has its issues. All right, should we go on to our last article of the day? Sure. How a marriage survives a cult by Anna Silman. So we've talked on here before briefly about the show The Vow. It's on HBO and it follows everything about the Nexium cult and Keith Rainier and two of the people who are kind of the main characters in it are Sarah Edmondson and her husband Nippy his full name is Anthony Nippy Ames and they met and fell in love through Nexium and so this cut article is an interview with them and kind of how they navigate love in this post-cult world but before we get into them I mean if you guys aren't watching this show yet please get into it it's it can be kind of a slow burn at times and it's I think it's trying not to too much sensationalize the batshit craziness that is this cult but it's it's really good because one of the main guys uh, Mark Vicente he's a filmmaker so he kind of was doing this documentary throughout so he has a lot of behind the scenes footage that Mm -hmm. gives a lot of context to what the documentary is talking about yeah I think I, I think this is really good one obviously because of Mark being a filmmaker and having this but like I think when we mean by slow burn is like I think it's it does a very good job of explaining why people get into this yes. this what we call now a cult and it's interesting because they're like they purposely target people who are seem are educated uh, driven successful individuals because it's it's very much like um it's like a self-actualization cult. It's like we give you the tools of trying to be the best self that you can be in the happiest life that you can have. And it, it's very, it's kind of why a lot of them join. Yeah. Because they're like, I don't feel like I have a purpose and I'm struggling and my life's not happy and I want to, I want to make this better. And um, yeah, like on one hand, Keith, the problem is Keith Raniere, who is the founder of this, to me is just so creepy at all times that I don't know how anyone could ever find him genuine. He's just like a little, little troll who looks like he'd live in his mom's basement. For one, he greets, he greets everybody when he meets them. He kisses them on the lips. Doesn't matter who it is. Sign number one that like, sign number one. And he is like this very falsely modest genius. Like people are always like, oh, he has like three PhDs. Like everyone always like just, they just praise him nonstop on how smart he is. But then they're like, but he's so down to earth because he just seems to explain it to you. And I'm like, there's nothing fucking down to earth about this guy. You can see from the get go that he just like pretends to be like, oh, I can explain this to you. And I'm like, you're saying a bunch of fucking mumbo jumbo, dude. And it's always condescending. Yeah. And it feels like false science half the time. I'm like, okay and then it's just because he's incredibly good at manipulating and like breaking down people that that's why everyone stays because they're like yeah he finds you he gets you at your most vulnerable because he understands exactly what your insecurities are 
And by targeting those insecurities and promising that he'll make them better, he's like, it's very easy to stay and feel like you need to do it. Plus, it's an MLM scheme. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, I mean, it's, it is really good. Yeah. And the MLMs, it's crazy how even something on this level where you have the sex cult that comes in with DOS. But yeah, like Kenzie said, they do a good job of the buildup of like, there was so many years before DOS even existed where this was a cult in a different way and not yeah. like this sex cult where people were branding people and the use of an MLM to, to get people into it, to get people in and, and give get it money. a source of money. Yeah. And it was really expensive. Like to, to, so like Nexium's the main thing. And then they have this thing called ESP, which is like executive success program, success program. And it's like, um, it's very, uh, business. Um, what do you call it? Business major talk. Like, uh, all of the all of their buzzwords they use. It's it's very much like how do you make yourself more successful? And here are the tools that you have. It's like thousands of dollars to just get into a seminar. It's like I think Sarah, who's the one in the article, I think she she had like no money and she's like I spent like two thousand dollars to go to the seminar, and then you just keep spending more and more money because. She's like, at first, like, it sounds like fucking ridiculous, but she's like, eventually you get to a point where it, a lot of people it clicks with them. Yeah. And then the MLM is like, oh, well, you can be a proctor. You can be a teacher. You can go out and help these people and do the ESPs um, on your own. And you can and lead them and, and, and get people to join. And then they'll be under you. And that's how you move up. And, uh, yeah, it's it's funny. I think what's also something that makes that adds to, like, the legitimacy, I think, of Nexium is that the people that mark – the main people that Mark um, interviews with this, like the people closest to him in the Nexium cult that they eventually leave, they all admit, they're like, yeah, it sounds stupid and crazy at first. They're like, the first time you go to this, you kind of like roll your eyes and you're like, oh my God, like whatever. And they're like, and then you have this breakthrough and that's like what gets you to stay. But yeah. they all, like the fact that all of them can like kind of laugh at it and be like, yeah, like it, this, this looks fucking stupid. Yeah. And yet, like, I'm here. Exactly. And, you know, I think Nippy, I th he went to Brown. Like, he's an Ivy League educated. Not saying that you you don't have to necessarily. I feel like I'm kind of a dum-dum who went to an Ivy League school. but <laughs> You didn't fall into a cult. <laughs> yet. There's still time. <laughs> um, so, you know, I actually want to talk about a specific part in this article where she takes the sleeping pills and she says she goes into this three-day panic attack and how she just like felt so crazy and I don't know if you remember this part from the article where Nippy says to her that she's just being indulgent and she kind of freaks out because she's like that's a Keith word like Keith would say that women indulge their emotions to get attention and he made women feel bad about their emotions and invoke this whole women are crazy concept. So when Nippy used this word on her, it it's kind triggering. of very triggering for her. And I was just like, oh, that's so gross. It goes back to those days of like calling women hysterical. And like that's where yeah. the hysterectomy comes from. Literally. Like, yeah. Because of your uterus. Yeah. Like, like it's like a, literally like a Greek word for uterus. Yeah. It's and it was like, like oh, if you take it out, you'll you'll be less hysterical yeah, and seriously. crazy. Well, the thing, one of the main things that was big in Nexium uh, is the idea that no one is a victim, that uh, you have these, uh, what do they call, limiting beliefs? Yeah. 
So like things that you're afraid of that you wouldn't necessarily do, they're like, that's a limiting belief. And if you can overcome that limiting belief, you will be happier and you will be more successful. That's like kind of the, the main, the main idea behind their ESPs. Um, and so by him saying to women, like you aren't a, like you're being indulgent, like you're not a victim here. It was, you could, you took away that, uh, idea of, um, of really any victim blaming at all. It's like, oh, no, 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 you're you're a willing participant in this. You're not a victim because you haven't been taken advantage of. And the fact that you ever believe you are, that shows a limiting belief and that shows that you have not grown in this program. Yeah. And perhaps you need to do some serious reevaluation. Yeah, you're and then they get into these crazy punishments, like very uh, depriving. Like they, they make you not sleep. Um, a lot of times it's not eating. That's one big thing in DOS is that it's extreme calorie uh, counting. Like a lot of times the girls will just like starve themselves. It's it's a whole lot of psychological manipulation. Yeah, well, and I think it goes to show that sleep deprivation and stuff like that can be such a way to control people. And I yeah. think it's like you people can be smart and still fall into those traps because they're not functioning. Their brain isn't functioning at the level it would normally no. be. No, when you don't eat and you don't sleep, it's like you're not really you you can't be the same person. Yeah. And that's one big thing and even DOS which it comes along later and that's what the sex cult aspect of this happens. Like we said, that counts a lot with, with the eating and the sleep deprivation, but a lot of, um, normal people in Nexium, like when you're trying to be a proctor, when you're climbing the MLM, uh, they make you do so many things. They're like, well, you should be in this seminar and you should be in this group. And then you should be in the sport and like all of these things. Cause they have this weird compound in Albany. It's, it, it, it it's like an Amish community, except it's not. Wait, can we talk um, about the late night volleyball and how weird Oh that my is? God. The late night volleyball. All of them go to like this volleyball one, one, not beach volleyball, fucking indoor volleyball, which no, no, I'm not trying to shade indoor volleyball well, players. <laughs> I'm not trying to shade professional indoor volleyball players. I'm trying to shade the people that do this recreationally. And do it at like midnight. They at start midnight. games at midnight. They start games away. That's of, when I would have been like, I'm out. A way of sleep deprivation because they're like, no, no, no. You have to stay because you got to get to midnight. And one thing that's really big about the volleyball is that's when a lot of normal people, a lot of the normal uh, followers could see Keith because Keith was always at the volleyball playing. One, Keith should not be trusted because motherfucker has a head sweatband and fucking sweat armbands and he is wearing knee pads and like new balance shoes he looks like the dorkiest guy ever he looks like what dodgeball like the I average mean, yeah, joe's this is, like he had copied to start a cult of. to get a little bit of action let's be real i feel yeah. like this is the only way he was able to get women yeah and so everyone's like oh my god it's keith oh my god it's keith you need to talk to keith and like a lot of times to get people in, like they would bring new people around. They'd be like, why don't you come to a volleyball game and you can meet Keith? That's like how Allison Mack, who's probably like the biggest name other than Keith, as far as like the actresses go, who is in this. That's how I think she really gets hooked yeah. because she 
says something and Keith pretty much like breaks her down and she starts crying and then she's like you saved my life could you okay we don't want to get too this? much away can this is Kinsey's downfall she will tell you I'll the tell whole you plot. everything she'll tell you I, every the line problem to is though we would be here for four hours if I tried to explain the entire thing to you because it's that detailed and like I still wouldn't even scratch the surface yeah and there's a wild part of it where uh Catherine Oxenberg who is on Dynasty and whose mom is a princess of Yugoslavia her daughter's involved in it. And it's just, there's so many wild twists and turns. Like, you guys just have to watch. It's it's definitely worth the time investment. And at least now you can binge. We've been watching it weekly, so we haven't been able to binge. But now there's, I think, four or five episodes out. So yeah. you can... You can kind of binge a few at one time. And while you're at it, if you're going to watch this, I also highly recommend going and watching the Netflix series Vox Explained, specifically the episode on cults. It's in season two, and it is a guideline to identifying cults and hopefully never getting in one because of how pervasive they are nowadays. Yeah. And it's actually very, it's very informative because they're like, this is the breakdown. If you ever find yourself in a situation like this, try and be forth, like try and be aware enough that you're like, I'm getting into a cult. Unless you are in a kind of cute cult, which that's very much okay. Yeah. I'll start doing some late night uh, gaming things <laughs> at, online. <laughs> Just kidding. Wouldn't be gaming. I never game, but you know something, and we'll get some merch we'll out bring there. Bring back Spyro Year of the Dragon. That's yes, our, that's our gaming. I'll wear a headband. I can wear a headband. I can. My hair is kind of greasy, like Keith. So I could do you it. You don't look creepy. He has like <laughs> scruff and these stupid ass like wannabe Harry Potter glasses, and just doesn't ever whiten his teeth. He looks kind of mousy. Yeah, it's he looks kind of like someone he would be in the Great Mouse Detective, <laughs> like. Except he'd be like one of Radigan's little cronies. Oh, he is Radigan. Ugh. Okay. So can you share your legit shit since we've rambled on for a while now? Yeah, we didn't even really uncover the, the article. The, the article. It, but it's worth good. Sarah and Nippy are very good. I'm rooting for them. Whatever. But my legit shit for this week, actually, because Bailey said for me to do it, uh, I'm recommending a clothing brand called By Megan Crosby. It's really cool. You can look her up on Instagram. It's by that name. Um, but it's just like super fun, um, sustainable fashion. So it's it's all handmade. Uh, it's all sustainably and ethically sourced. Um, custom made for you like she she'll let you put in your custom measurements whenever you order a piece of clothing at no additional charge and she'll make it right for you it's all rainbow print it's really really fun girly it it's nice because it's all trendy pieces but because they're she you know tries to combat fast fashion it's like with a greener footprint and I love I have a shirt and a dress and I want to order more um her fall launch is about to drop september 30th uh yeah just go check it out i highly recommend it i love mine yes they're very cute all right guys thanks for listening i hope you liked this little shake up for episode 60 kenzie will be back off the mic next week <laughs> this is a one-time affair Bailey's like we tested this out and i do not like it we'll do it again for episode 120 okay episodes every 60 episodes <laughs> Yeah, you'll hear me in the back. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And I will hopefully see you on Thursday and not have a late episode this upcoming week. All right. Bye. Bye.